Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Before I get into God's Word today, I uh, just want to highlight something I've been uh, mentioning the last couple of weeks. And that is, of course, that every year we have our uh, I Love the House offering, as you see on the screen there. Next week you'll be getting some of these uh, special envelopes, giving envelopes, but of course there's ways to give online uh, as well. And uh, each year we give, and I just to emphasize this, if, you, if a lot of us, if you've been in church a while, you'll, you'll know this comes around each year. Uh, but if you're new with us, we love to make preparations for this particular offering each year. Uh, because it's an opportunity for us to give beyond uh, what we normally regularly give to the work of God here. And it really to invest in the direction we're going in and invest into all the things that we can get up to as God's people. And it's always good to make preparations for that. It's quite difficult to give uh, a, a special offering if we haven't made pre- preparations. And in the, in the scripture, in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 5, it's, uh, Paul says to the church in Corinth, Finish the arrangements for the generous gift you have promised, then it will be ready as a generous gift and not as one grudgingly given. You know, it's, it's not a kind of situation where it's like, oh, 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 there's an offering I didn't realize. Oh, I'm not really ready. But this is why I keep mentioning it each week. Let's be ready for the 2nd of October. It's a joyous time. It's a celebration time. We might actually be able to uh, uh, do some non-pandemic giving style on the 2nd of October. I think some of you know what I mean by that. So uh, uh, be here and find out. So we're looking forward to that on the 2nd of October. Now, uh, I want to continue our our, uh, series that began last week. And if you're with us, joining us online, then you're very welcome. I'm pleased that you're uh, uh, clicked or tuned in in order to uh, be a part of what's happening here at London Riverside Church. And, uh, you know, actually in our next second and third services, we're going to be doing some uh, child dedications, child dedications this morning. Uh, this service we're not. But when I was thinking about what it means to raise kids and what a blessing and an honor that is and a, and, and a challenge, might I quickly add, yeah? Any parents in the room? You can nod. You don't have to shout. It's early, I know. But you're giving me that knowing nod. It's a blessing, it's an honor, and it's a challenge. Yes. Nobody wants to shout the loudest <laughs> in agreeing with that statement. <clears throat> but I mentioned last week in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, the scripture describes us as the household of faith. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And I want to emphasize that again, that we as God's people, as his family, are described as the household of faith. That the local church is is understood in the New Testament as being like a family. It's a local family of believers. And every local church, every family of believers, every household of faith uh, is, is, as the scripture describes this, we're like living stones that God is building together into his spiritual house where he dwells by his spirit, as it says in 1 Peter chapter 2. So that is what, what we find ourselves. We don't, it, here, basically, if we choose to follow Jesus, we're part of this. Sometimes we realize it afterwards, but we're actually part of something much bigger. That's the amazing thing. Many of us, we came to faith, and this is no, absolutely no problem whatsoever, but we came to faith and we realized what we needed God or, or that we needed to get right with God. We had that revelation, that recognition of who Jesus really is. But as you walk with him, you realize, wow, I got invited into something much bigger than me. 
I got invited into something even bigger than me and God. I got invited into what God is up to on this earth. And that's his church, his family, uh, as we reach this world. And every family, every local family, every individual family has its own culture. We have our own speech. We have traits. You know, my, my son's at home. If visitors around, when me and my sons talk to each other, it's not really words. It's not really words, but they're words to us. So we mumble something. We've understood each other, but anybody else in the room, we don't do this on purpose, but we kind of understand what we're saying. We have our own speech, but everybody else is like, hmm, are they talking or just nodding or what's happening? You see, we have different ways of communicating our traditions, our customs. And, and, and just thinking of customs, I mean, you don't have to tell a Scotsman to wear a kilt. Okay, you have to tell him not to wear a kilt, right? Okay, so some things that we do are part of us. They're just second nature. Isn't it been fascinating this week as people are queuing how many hours to pay their respects to the Queen? 16 hours, I heard, yeah. I mean, 12 12 hours. Somebody, somebody in here, did somebody in here queue 12 hours? Right, okay. So, <laughs> now, <laughs> they did. no, they didn't push in. Let's just make that very clear. Very clear. <laughs> but we, we, there's certain things that we do, traditions that, that, uh, traditions that we didn't really ha- realize we had until the moment comes. I don't know what you'll do tomorrow, but however you do what you do tomorrow, the important thing is we do pay our respects to our Queen and we thank God for... Uh, her, her reign and the country that we live in and everything that goes on. And, we, and we, we believe in God for a great future. We believe in God for the freedom to share the gospel in this nation for many years to come and to see God's kingdom increase. But anyway, back to our culture and our traditions. You know, you don't have to tell a Ghanaian what kind of rice to eat. And you don't have to tell a Nigerian how they know that their rice is better, Right? You, I, 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 I've been in, in, back in, in Dagenham for a few years now. I, I, I've understood the tensions around these traditions. I was actually thinking, actually, recently, I was talking to some of the team. It's been a while since we had an international food night, isn't it? Eh? Oh, we've got to wake you up there, didn't we? Eh? It's been a while. It's been a while since we've done that. Uh, but we, we express ourselves, and, and not only on the, out, on, 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 on the food and the speech and so on, but there are values that are important to us. There are values that are a part of us. And that's why in this series we call it, This Is Us. This Is Us. These are our, our values as a church family, that we're generous, that we're passionate. You know, when I get up here to say about a special offering, I don't think, oh, I don't know if I can talk about money or not. Oh, no, I'm not sure. Some pastors don't like to talk about money. I'm, I'm, I'm confident because I know we're a generous people. We like to be generous. We look for the opportunities to be generous. With our finances, with our time, with our attention, we like to be generous. Generous, passionate, full of faith. Last week we looked at the fact that we're relational. And this week I want to look at the fact that we are empowering. We are empowering. We equip and release people into their calling. We want to see you become all that God has planned for you to become. And to do all that God has planned for you to do. And when I think back to the fact of raising uh, children... You know, I don't know if you realize this, because it's quite difficult with the sleepless nights and the nappies and everything else, but actually, the goal is to empower them. Our goal as parents is to empower our kids. There is a sense in which we, we, we look to release increasing responsibility into their lives. So as a parent, I can remember that 
wonderful moment when I tried to teach my kids to tie their shoelaces. Okay? That can be a very frustrating moment in any parent's life. You know, it's quicker to do it yourself than to teach them. Right? You can... You, you can name that for lots of things in life. It's quicker to do it yourself than to teach them how to do it. But who knows it's a good idea that they learn? Who knows that it's a good idea to empower them to tie their own laces? Who wants to be tying their 20-year-old's laces? No. Empowerment. <laughs> we look for ways. But it comes with responsibility. I can't stare at my one-year-old and say, why have you not tied your laces yet? It comes in time. It comes with responsibility. You see, ultimately, I would like my children to make wise decisions without even having to ask what I think. No, it's nice when they ask. And they do occasionally, when they've left home and realized they don't know everything, they come back and they... But hey, isn't it a part of our, our role is to release them? You see, it's quicker to do it yourself, but it's better to teach them and empower them. You know, adolescence, when the word adolescence was invented, they said it lasted about 18 months. Now we're heading for about 18 years of adolescence if you play your cards right, yeah? I mean, we want to release our kids to have, make res responsible decisions and choices. And are we sad to see them leave? Oh, it's gone very quiet. Oh, my word. <laughs> Nobody wants to say that, especially with the kids in the room. Okay. Yeah, of course, we're sad to see them leave, but, you know, we, a couple of our children have already left home and married, and people said, oh, you must be so sad. I said, well, actually... This was, the, this was the whole idea. <laughs> this is the whole idea, friends. This is the whole idea. Of course it's sad. Of course it pulls on your heartstrings. The first time you take your kid to uni, the first time, whatever you might do. But the whole idea is that they're leaving. That was always the plan, to empower them to go live their life. So as a church family, we want to be empowering. We want to be, we seek to be empowering. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 30, 28. God blessed them, the first humans, the first man and woman. He blessed them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Here's the first thing, friends. God is empowering. God is empowering. The very first thing he does with his human creation is he empowers them to go rule, to go subdue, to go do what they need to do. He actually made us with that, so we actually choose to do the things that we do. Genesis 2, verse 19, he brought the animals to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. I know sometimes people argue about the, the, the first chapters of Genesis. Are they literal? Are they uh, just a story? Are they this? That's a preach for another day. But listen, sometimes we're busy arguing. We miss what it's trying to teach us. God empowered the man to name the animals. Why didn't, God, why didn't God name the animals? He made them. Why couldn't he have said, okay, by the way, this is called a giraffe. Yeah, it looks weird, but this is what it is. I'm calling it a giraffe. Okay? But he said, no, he, he, man named the animals. See, God is an empowering God. He looks for ways that we are involved in this. You see, sometimes our picture of God, our idea of God, we don't see him as an empowering God. We think that believing is keeping a list of rules. We think believing is someone else telling us what to do for the rest of our lives. Oh, I'm not into religion. I, I, I do my own thing. God made you to do your thing. Hello? He, he made you, to, he empowered you to live life, to make the decisions. Let's jump into the New Testament. 
Mark chapter 1, verse 17. Jesus says to the, to the, the fishermen by the, by the lake, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. You see, I shared some of this with our, with our uh, volunteers breakfast uh, just recently. But you know, those, those men, those young men, those, those teenagers, some of them, who were, who were busy fishing, and Jesus says, follow me. This is a rabbi, a teacher, a, a, a leader saying to them, you can follow me. Now, why was this such an exciting prospect for them? You see, in, in the way that they were brought up at that time, they would effectively, uh, our primary school and our secondary school, effectively they'd be learning the Torah, they'd be learning the scriptures. And if they were really good at learning them, they could go up to the next stage of learning, the next stage of school. And then they would learn some more, and they would learn some of the meaning behind them, not just learning to memorize the words, but actually learning what they would mean. And if they got good at that, then they would be invited, and eventually a rabbi would say, follow me. Now, what was the rabbi doing? The rabbi was picking out disciples who would learn from him, but not only learn from him, but learn to be like him. And so when Jesus comes to those fishermen, guess why they were fishing? Because they weren't as good as the other guys that were getting chosen by the rabbis. Are you with me? They, 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 had, they didn't have that opportunity because they hadn't been able to learn the scriptures maybe or, or, or as eloquently as the others. But yet Jesus comes as the rabbi and says, follow me. What is Jesus saying when he says to those disciples, follow me? What is Jesus saying when he says to you this morning, follow me? What he's effectively saying is, you can be like me. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will empower you to do what I can do. Wow. No wonder they dropped their nets. No wonder they said to their dad, see ya, we're off. No wonder they couldn't follow him quick enough. Because it, was it wasn't an invitation to do a course. It wasn't an invitation to make sure you attend church enough and make sure you, you give some money when you can and make sure that you read your Bible when you can. It wasn't an invitation to a list of things to do. It was an invitation to follow, to follow. And in saying so, Jesus was saying, uh, you can be like me. You see, I, I mentioned this last week. A student learns about something, but a disciple becomes like someone. So it, we, we, when we follow Jesus, we don't just know more about Jesus, but we're becoming like him. I will make you. Now, here's the wonderful thing about our empowering God, is not only does he call us to become more like him, but then he says to us in Matthew 28, verse 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. You see what happened there? He called us to himself, that we might be like him, and he's committed to us becoming like him as we follow. He will make us into fishers of men, and then he sends us to go make disciples. He, he, he empowers us not only to be like him, but he empowers us to then go and do the same. That's our calling, that Jesus has not only rescued us, but he is effectively recruited us to what he's up to. Now, I know that, that might sound a little bit cultish to some people, but let's see. In God's mission, he's not only rescued us, but he's recruit, recruited us for what he is doing. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. And we can all disciple others. We can all do it. See, God is empowering, but we get to empower 
others. We get to empower others. We, now, here's my first point. I'll give you a couple of points there. First point is simply this. You don't need to be a Yoda. Okay? Now, I, know I might have to give, educate you a little bit, those of you who are not Star Wars savvy. Okay? So Yoda is this guy who's been training Jedi for, uh, for over 800 years. Okay? It's not in the Bible, by the way. Just quickly. Okay? It's not in the Bible. Okay? This is... We'll pretend. <laughs> so Yoda is the wise guy. He has all the answers, all the wisdom. He can't even put his sentences together properly, but he knows so much stuff. He is all, uh, so wise and knowledgeable that he's to train all the coming disciples, all the, the Jedi that are being trained up. But the thing is this, friends. We sometimes think, I can't make disciples because I don't know enough. I can't make disciples because I still make mistakes. I can't make disciples because I, I know the things that I'm not quite got together yet. We've got this wrong idea of what it means to make disciples. Making a disciple is about, not about your perfection and then some other people might listen to what you're saying. That's not disciple making. Disciple making is saying, okay, this is how I'm living following Jesus. Now I can, I'm, I, I'm here and you're still here. I'm here and you're still So if you're training someone how to be a chef or you're training someone how to be a, a, a plumber, you, you need to be a step ahead of the person you're training, agreed? Yeah. That'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Yeah? So basically, to, be, to make disciples, you don't have to be a Yoda where you know it all. You simply have to be a step ahead in order to pass on what you've already learned, what you're already learned to do. So in Philippians 4, verse 9, Paul puts it like this. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Just put it into practice. We can all empower others. Because we're, all of us in some way or another are a stage ahead of someone else. Not with our perfection, not with knowing it all, but actually just doing the journey. Following Jesus. Learning a trade. Understanding a craft. Knowing how to do things. It's not just about how to pray, but it's how to handle our finances. How to, uh, whatever it might be. If you're serving on the camera team and you've been serving on camera for three months, you are able to disciple someone that joined today. I say, yeah, but you don't know everything about the angles. And no, no, of course you don't. But you're three months ahead. So whatever you see me doing, copy. Let's do it. You can all empower someone else. Second thing is this, to be a first follower. Leaders are first followers. What do I mean? Whenever some, we are empowering others, our goal is not to lead, but to follow. We follow Jesus. If we follow Jesus, that keeps us in line. That keeps the, the direction correct for those that are following after us. As we looked at that scripture before in 1 Corinthians 4, 16 last week, therefore I urge you, Paul says, imitate me. Imitate me. Because I, primarily he's following Christ. And if you're going to imitate me, you're going to learn what it means to follow Christ. Imitate me. The other thing is this, that we hold the door. Hold the door. What do I mean by that? Sometimes as we work, go, journey through life, situations happen and a door opens for us. And we step through that door. It might be a qualification. It might be an opportunity. It might be finance. It could be all kinds of things. And we step through a door. Now, if we empower others, we hold the door for others to come through. Are you with me? You know, you know when, you're, when you're shopping and, and, and you th you've got your bags and you're going towards the door and someone's ahead of you and you're thinking, oh, cool. And then and it just whew, swings straight back. 
Yeah, you're thinking, mm, I love Jesus. Yeah, you're, you're thinking stuff. Okay? In our walk with God, when the door opens, let's step through and hold the door for someone else. Empower them. They don't have to make all the mistakes that you made. You know my prayer for the, uh, next, the, the next generation. Now, when I, when I used to think about this when I was in my 20s, I used to think about the next generation. Now I'm a little bit older. I'm thinking about the, the next generations. But my prayer is that they can run faster, be more effective than I've ever been. I miss my, and that will happen if we hold the door open. If we allow them to run faster, we empower them to do what God has called them to be and do. I'm excited about our young people, friends. I'm excited. As we, we, have, we have a pre, pre uh, at the beginning of a Sunday, we have a prayer meeting together uh, in, in the source there, just preparing for the day. And uh, it's just a, great to see as we just looked around, see how many young people serving to make Sunday happen. So good. So good. I won't say at what stage you're no younger young, but there was a lot of young people in there. Fantastic. And the other thing is this, to empower others is we have to let go. We have to let go. Now, forgive me if you've maybe heard me use this illustration before, but it gives it, it's so clear. I was looking out uh, from our offices here, out on the park just a couple of weeks ago, and there was a dad trying to help his daughter ride a bike without the stabilizers, yeah? So, now I don't, I don't want to say I know it all, but there's ways of doing this, okay? There's ways of doing this. So, he was doing... Uh, let's say full marks for effort. Let's just put it that way, okay? But basically, the daughter's on the bike, the stabilizers are off, and he's trying to run alongside her. And, and she's trying to steer, but they're getting in the way of each other, right? Here's the trick. Here's the trick. All you've got to do is hold the saddle behind. Okay, so just free, this is a free lesson in parenting for you today, okay? All you've got to do is hold the saddle they're confident to look about what they're doing because you're not in the way. They start riding. They wobble. You've got them. When you've let go, they don't even know you've let go. How cool is that? How cool is that? So you've got to let go. You've got to let go because they've got, they've got to have the confidence that you're with them, but also they've got to, you've got to let go so they're actually doing it themselves. And now I've made, and I'm saying this like otherwise, what owl, right? But hey, listen, I got this completely wrong with my first child. I got the technique right. But the first time we tried it, he was not ready. So we, we were on, yeah, we were, it's like, uh, we better put those stabilizers back on. This is not working. I left it too long. The next time, I'm like, ready, it's gone. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, oh, we could have taken those stabilizers off a long time ago. You hear what I'm saying? We've got to let go. We've got to let go. We've got to empower others to do what they're going to do. And if there's some mistakes along the way, I think we'll live with them. Friends, as a church family, if, 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 if some of the people that are learning to do things make a few mistakes, I think we can live with that. Even those of us that are kind of like detail, we can just take a deep breath. It's going to be all right. Let's empower others. Finally, be empowered. Be empowered. In Psalm 78, speaks of uh, King David who went from shepherd to king of God's people there in the Old Testament in Psalm 78. Verse 70 says, He chose God, chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From tending the sheep, he brought him to the, be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. Now, how did God 
take the young shepherd. Some of you know the story. The young shepherd that wouldn't have been the obvious choice to become king. From all the sons that Jesse had, he took David, the last one, the one that didn't look like he had it all together. How did God take him from shepherding to then shepherding the people of God? 1 Samuel 17, here's the, here's the clue. In 1 Samuel 17, we find, in 1 Samuel we find a story of David. In, in verse 17, it says, One day Jesse said to his son David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. And they give them these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along. Bring back a report to me. So, the, 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 the older brothers are in a standoff with another army and a guy called Goliath, okay? And uh, so there's this standoff happening. So the brothers are effectively away at war uh, and uh, the dad wants to know how things are going and he finds his youngest son, David. He said, okay, could you go take the sandwiches, go take the provisions, make sure the captain's got some cheese. I don't know, but it must have been important to have some cheese. And uh, talking about the food there, Tyler, maybe cheese is on there before chips for me personally, but okay. Uh, and I want us to see this, how <laughs> to be empowered. Availability before ability, okay? Availability before ability. Because the teenager David could have said, I'm not taking them. You hear a little bit of the, I got my neck going a little bit there, you see that? I'm not taking them to my brothers. I've got stuff to do. You've sent me up on the hillside to look after the sheep instead of getting to see the action. I haven't got time. No. You see, out, taking the cheese sandwiches to his brothers and the captain, whom he would later rule over, don't miss that, that he would later be in charge of, it was his availability before ability. Availability, friends, is how God can bring us to a place where we're empowered through the lives of others and by his grace, we can be empowered for what God has called us to be and do. But it's our availability before our ability. Let's read on in Psalm 78. It says there in verse 72, And David shepherded them with integrity of heart and with skillful hands he led them. David shepherded God's people with integrity of heart and with skillful hands. Two things here. That these hearts shows his character. You know, some of you know the story of David, that he had the worst boss ever. He had a boss that when he wasn't happy, he would throw spears at him, okay? None of you have had a Monday morning like that. None of you. You've had a tough Monday morning, but none of you have had a spear thrown at you for just simply being in the office, right? Agreed? This was a tough boss. And, and, and David was, things went in, on in his life that he could have easily have said, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I don't need to part with this. I don't deserve this. Does that sound familiar? This has been going on too long. I don't know if I can put up with this much longer. Sorry to take the words from your mouth that you're not daring to say in here today. But you've been thinking it, right? And we've all said it. But there was something about his character that God was doing, empowering him making sure that his heart was in the right place. And then it says here, of his, not only integrity of heart, but of skillful hands. You know, it said, then David actually went out to Goliath. He went to uh, the, 
he went to Saul and he said, look, I can, I can deal with this guy. He's a little guy compared to the rest of the soldiers, definitely compared to the giant. He said, I can deal with this guy because I've already dealt with a lion and a bear while I was watching my father's sheep. So I, I, can, I, can, I can do stuff. <laughs> I've, I've got some experience. I mean, I haven't taken on an army and a giant before, but I, I have got something I can start with here. I've taken on the lion and the bear. And interestingly, he says, when, 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 he, when he dealt with them, that the Lord was with him and he'll be with me again. Yeah? So although he's got skilled at certain things, I'm not, sure, I'm not actually sure if I want that in my, in, my, in my CV that I can deal with a lion and a bear. But that was in David's CV to this stage, okay? Hadn't run a country, hadn't made any decisions that affected lots of people, but he could deal with a lion and a bear. But even when he could do that, he recognized it was God that gave him the ability. He said to him, God help me do that. He's going to help me with this Goliath. He's going to help me with this giant. He's going to help me with this situation. And so there's integrity of heart and there's skillful hands. Now, let me pull this together uh, this morning by showing you. I shared this recently with our uh, volunteers uh, breakfast, but I want to just share something here because I think it will help us to see how God empowers us. It will help us to see how we are not only called to be disciples, but how we can make disciples. You see, we've been told and we've learned to do life that we are educated first and then we experience later. That's our whole upbringing, everybody in this room. We've all been told you've got to learn some stuff, pass some exams, and then you get to go do. Is that right? And hopefully you can get a job after you've paid that money for that amazing degree. So I didn't mean it, I didn't have an opinion in any of that sentence. Okay, so, but we educate ourselves, rightly so, and then once we have the education, we get to have the experience. We get to go do what we've learned. But Jesus invited us and invites us to do and learn along the way. Okay? So let me just show you this first slide. So this is, this is our normal way of learning something. There's our old thinking and our old doing. Excuse my grammar. And then what happens is we get some education, we go to a conference, we hear a great preach, we do, a, we, do, we, we, we do what we do to learn information, and I'm not knocking any of that, friends. So we've got some new thinking, but we've still got some old doing. Yeah, because we get totally inspired on Sunday, but Monday it's still not working, right? Oh, yeah, I can change the world. I can make disciples. I can do this with my finance. I can do, and it's new thinking, but we've still got old doing. We've been inspired and we've been educated and we've understood how something works and we've really feel that, yes, this is going to happen, but we're still in new thinking but old doing. So then we have to make our way to new thinking and new doing. So we try to find ways to discipline ourselves to make the change from what we've got in our head into something that we can actually live out. Now, as I explain this, I'm not saying that that is wrong what I'm saying is Jesus invites us, if you see the next slide, Jesus invites us to learn by doing. So he invited his disciples to follow. They saw him heal people. He said, okay, you, go, you guys, you have a go. This is my paraphrase, okay? You guys go and have a go. They were, they were trying to heal somebody, and they, and they couldn't get the demon to leave this person. 
And so they come back to Jesus with some questions. That's learning by doing, right? When you need an answer, you're definitely in learning mode. Agreed? When the money that's coming in is not the same as the money that you know is going to go out, you suddenly get into learning mode. How does this work? How do I budget? How do I do this? For example. And so they come to Jesus and say, we can't cast out this demon. And Jesus says, oh, this, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. So, ah, learning moment. I bet they didn't forget that. So Jesus invites us to go from old thinking and old doing to new thinking and new doing. And it's a little bit messy. It's not perfect. It's, it's, it's got some hiccups. It's got some mistakes along the way. The disciples would come back and Jesus would do a debrief with them and say, hey, how did it go today, guys? And they'd say, oh, it's so awesome. This happened, that happened. They'd say, hey, but don't forget, the most important thing is relationship with God. Yeah? Learning moment. While doing. Now, I want to encourage us all as an empowering church. We are an empowering people. Not, and, and, and my heart is not only in the ministries that take place in here, but also to be empowering in, in, in what you are called to do on a Monday to Friday. What God has called you to do. Help us. We, my desire is that we can empower you. We can help you in that. And we're not going to replace your education or your, the university you need to go to or the, 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 the courses that you need to do. Don't hear me wrong today. But what I believe is that disciples can make disciples. That, if, that, that, that God can do something in our lives where we recognize, oh, I don't have to be a Yoda. I don't have to be the all-wise, all-knowing one in order to bring someone on their way. For someone to imitate me as I imitate Christ. I wonder if we can pray for a moment. We're going to sing a song of worship. We can invite the band to join me on the stage here. But let's, let's take a moment to pray because God is empowering. And we get to empower others. And we can also be empowered. I wonder if we can stand together. Let's stand. And just consider now. Just consider now. Who's God placed in my life that I could be empowering? That this could be your children. This could be a very obvious thing. This could be your family that you're raising but it could be in your workplace. It could be in the place where you serve here in our church. Where, where, where Who has God placed you alongside? Who could you be empowering in the days ahead? You say, oh, but we've got a leader that does that. We've got someone that's, that's their job to do that. No, 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 it's our job to empower others. It's our job. Because Jesus told each one of us to go and make disciples to go share the journey that we're on. Father, we thank you for your word. And we do ask now, Lord God, as we've listened, as we've sought to receive and digest your word today, Lord, we pray now by your spirit that there will be a grace to action your word. Lord, we don't simply want to be hearers. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the treasures within it. We thank you for the purposes and plans you have for each one of us in, and in our church family. But Lord God, we invite you now to empower us, we pray. Lord God, would you guide us in this coming week? Lord Holy Spirit, we ask that you will make us sensitive, that you will nudge us, that you will help us to see those opportunities to empower others. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
that's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on, or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps. That's all from us here today, and we hope you have an amazing week.